today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. You want to live, you have to die. It's the paradox of the Christian faith, and the sooner we're okay with that paradox, the better. The way up is the way down. You want to live, you have to die. When a pastor does not teach death to self, they are robbing God's people of the abundant life that Jesus came to give them. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Hebrews. Do what makes you happy. Follow your own heart and satisfy yourself. These are common beliefs in our culture today. Yet the gospel message says to die to yourself. Put God first and others above yourself. Pastor J.D. will explain today that this is the only way to experience the abundant life God has for you. Now be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Hebrews chapter 13 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. In order for me to follow Jesus, I have to pick up my cross. And I need to die to myself if I want to be His disciple. And by the way, it's every day, because it says daily. You know what daily means, right? every day. And everything within me fights against that death to self. No, I'm all about preservation of self. Death to self. Hey preacher, I can go down the street and there's this other preacher over here, big church by the way. He doesn't talk nearly as long as you do either. (laughs) And he's going to tell me I don't have to do that. God loves me, and it's all good. Let's just all have a big group hug. He's not preaching the gospel. He's not preaching the word. You can't get away from this, sadly. In today's world, especially today with everything that's going on, you'd be hard-pressed. Find a church where the whole counsel of God, the whole Word of God is taught. Because when you teach the Bible like this, you can't skip over passages like this. Oh, please don't look at me like, wow, pastor, you're amazing. No, I'm not. God knows. (laughs) God knows the truth. If I could, I would. Are you kidding me right now? If I taught the Word topically, I would not talk about this. Are you kidding me? Hebrews 13, altar, sacrifice, outside the city, shame, disgrace, bore the shame, the disgrace, die to self, pick up your cross. I would much rather have a huge Colosseum and tell people all over the world that you don't have to die to self. You can have your best life now. 
Love yourself. Oh no, I wish I was being facetious, but I'm not. I actually remember this many years ago now. I remember a teaching where the pastor said something along the lines of, you know, one of the reasons why it's so hard to love others the way you love yourself, as Jesus commanded, is because you just maybe don't love yourself enough. In what world is that even remotely possible? I don't love myself enough? Are you, what? I, I love myself too much. I think about myself all the time. And so do you, so don't look at me all spiritual. You walk by a storefront with the window and it's got the reflection. What, what are you doing? Come on, let's be honest. You know, back in the day when you get, <laughs> okay, you young people, just bear with me. There was a time not so long ago in a land far, far away when you would actually have to get your photos developed. I know it's very strange, talk about strange, right? And you would have to take the film and you know Costco, you could go to Costco and they would have one hour and so you'd go do your shopping, you'd take your film in and, and they would print out your pictures. You couldn't wait to see how they turned out. That's strange, yeah? <laughs> wait a minute, give me a moment. I just, I'm having, I'm having a flashback right now. I'll be back with you in a moment. Wow. And what's the first, you couldn't wait. In fact, you'd show up early. We're not done yet, Alma. Thank you for your patience. We're like, you know, I want to see my pictures. So they finally bring out the envelope, you know, and, and they ring you up. And you didn't even wait to pay. You're opening that thing up. You're looking through the pictures. And you know which ones the good pictures are? Come on. The ones you look good in. Okay, so let's bring it to the modern day technology. We take them now with our um, mark of the beast, I mean uh, phones, <clears throat> surveillance devices, you know, that track our every move and everything we say, by the way, they listen to everything you say. So, you need Jesus. You never know, wouldn't that be something we get to heaven and Somebody from the NSA comes up and goes, you know, you, when you did that, I was listening and I got saved. Like, praise the Lord, it worked. <laughs> you never know. So let's bring it into <laughs> modern days. It's too much. I'm, I'm, you know, bear with me. But you bring it into modern day and, and you take the picture on your phone and you take 35 of them and you only pick out the ones that, I mean, they look great. You don't, so delete. <clears throat> Can we talk? Okay, so you find one. Then what do you do? Oh, I guess they have, I don't do this. God knows my heart. If you do this, God loves you and God forgives you, but they have filters and they have apps that make you look like what you don't really look like. 
And you could tell too, by the way. You know, I, I look at my face and I think, there ain't no app. I don't care. Photoshop, forget it. Try to, try to use Photoshop. Photoshop goes, <laughs> no. And so, no, no, nothing you can do. You just need your glorified body, which is fine, because I'm getting a new body and a new face too, and hair, by the way, on this one. So, so what's your point, Pastor? Do you, do you have a point here? Yeah, I do. Uh, anything or anyone who presents to you this notion of self, it's strange. Get away, run away before you get carried away. Because everything in our sin nature, our flesh craves this. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. My flesh loves it. Oh, it, my flesh hates Bible verses that talk about dying to self. You better not deny me. I'll make you pay for it. I'll, I'll make you start experiencing pain and, oh, try to fast. And your stomach, you're denying yourself. You're humbling yourself when you fast. And your stomach's like, what are you doing? I didn't say you could fast. And I'm going to let you know of my displeasure, the stomach growling and the hunger pains, and I mean the twinge, which is actually a good thing, because every time that hunger pain and that stomach growl happens, it's a reminder, oh yeah, Lord, I'm denying myself. I'm dying to myself. Here's the thing. You want to live, you have to die. It's the paradox of the Christian faith, and the sooner we're okay with that paradox, the better. The way up is the way down. You want to live, you have to die. When a pastor does not teach death to self, they are robbing God's people of the abundant life that Jesus came to give them. They are not experiencing the resurrected life because they've not died to themselves. You know how it is that you know you've made a good decision when your only regret is that you didn't make it sooner? Well, how many times in my own life, I'll just speak for myself, where my only regret has been that I didn't deny myself sooner? Because here, here's the problem, you will never satiate self. Self is insatiable. You're like the woman at the well, as am I. You drink from this water to satisfy self, you will thirst again. It's just a matter of time. In fact, I would argue actually that it will not only not satisfy, it will leave you emptier than you were before. The most fulfilled Christian is the Christian who has denied themselves, died to themselves, picked up their cross, and followed Jesus. That is the Christian that is the fulfilled Christian. That is the Christian that is the joy-filled Christian. 
They're dead to self. I, I hope this doesn't sound crass, and I, please, I don't mean to be uh, rude. But dead men don't flinch. You're dead. I, I'm sorry if that sounds morbid, but isn't it true that evidence of one not dying to themselves is when self is hurt, self is offended. Well, dead people don't get offended. Are we okay? I mean, I, I want to make sure I'm this, I'm, this, this is what, how about this one? Dead men don't get their feelings hurt. Uh, I mean, I can take this as far down the road as you want, but I think you could probably do it by the Holy Spirit yourself in your own life. Take that down the road as far as the Holy Spirit will take you. Dead men don't do this, dead men don't do that. You don't flinch. You know when the Apostle Paul in Acts 20 says, nothing moves me? And here was a guy that, I mean, nothing moves you? After everything you went through, I just got done reading what you wrote to the Corinthians, Paul. Uh, nothing moves you? Yeah, I, I already died. It, it doesn't face me. I'm already dead to self. So I'm not, I'm not sensitive. I, again, I mean, I don't mean to be rude, but it's the truth, right? I, I've died to self. I've, I've died to my rights to self. And by the way, I, well, I did ask the Lord, so I guess I better, I better do it. It's actually heartbreaking because I'm watching this play out a thousand times a day in our world today. It's like there's this fighting for our rights. And you have no right. And I'm going to stand up for my rights. Hmm. Okay. Um, does that mean we don't fight? Not at all. In fact, if anything, it should strengthen the resolve of our fight. But it needs to be the right fight. What are we fighting for? We're fighting for our own rights. That's self. That's not the fight. That's not the good fight of faith. If I'm dead to self, the only fight that I'm going to fight is the fight of faith because of Jesus Christ. It, it's like, you have no right to do that to me. Really? I am stunned. It's, it's breathtaking, really. And I would encourage you in your own time in God's Word to revisit the account of when Jesus is on trial. He opened not his mouth. 
And I mean the frustration and the irritation and the agitation of, why don't you, you're not going to defend yourself? You're not going to fight for yourself? And then finally when Jesus does say something, He says, you know, my kingdom's not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my disciples would be all over this thing. They would fight, fight, fight. But that's not the fight. I was thinking about Peter this last week. I think about Peter all the time. I love that guy. Can't wait to meet him. I, I just, <laughs> you got to hand it to the guy. Here they come to arrest Jesus. Now keep in mind that Peter, James, and John just got rebuked by Jesus because they couldn't stay awake and pray. And Jesus is perspiring his own blood, knowing what awaits him on the cross, even going as far as asking the Father, Father, if it be your will, let this cup of suffering pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Then he comes back and they're sleeping. Of course, not the first time with Peter. I, I think Peter had a sleeping disorder, actually, because you find him sleeping a lot. <laughs> That's conjecture. It's not uh, anything based on <laughs> any text. But So he comes back and he rebukes him. And he says, you guys, you, you couldn't even just stay awake for an hour and pray? Pray? So now, now they're awake. And so now all of a sudden, here comes the Roman guard, and, and they're there to arrest Jesus. And isn't it interesting, by the way, that Judas had to kiss him to identify him, meaning that, like Isaiah says, we just talked about this, there was nothing about Jesus that stood out. Nothing about his outward appearance that we should desire him. I mean, he, he, he was not taller than everybody else. He was not, you know, he didn't have a, <laughs> I know this might really ruin some of your images of Jesus, but he didn't have like a halo around him and, you know, a glow about him and, oh, oh, oh you know, no. He just looked like, well, I'm sorry. He probably looked a lot like me, <laughs> Middle Eastern, you know, and uh, not blue, blue eyes and blonde hair. Sorry to... So they come to arrest him. What does Peter do? Takes out his sword. And again, you got to hand it to him. Kind of like over my dead body. And he takes his sword and he, he cuts off Malchus's ear. And Jesus, okay, first of all, he heals the ear, which I'm pretty sure we're going to see Malchus in heaven. If I'm that, if I'm Malchus and that happens, I'm getting saved. This is the safe year. Did you see what, dude, you cut my ear off and he just put it back on and healed me. I'm, I'm getting saved. I think Malchus will be in heaven. Again, just conjecture on my part. I'm going somewhere with this and it's deeply profound, so stay with me. What does he say to Peter? Peter, what are you doing? You're trying to fight a spiritual battle with fleshly weapons. This is a spiritual battle, not a... And, and by the way, what was the motivating factor for Peter? 
how dare you do that? That's my Savior. That's self. And Jesus says, this is Peter. No. No. Paul would write to the Corinthians, our weaponry is not carnal. We're we're fighting a spiritual battle with carnal weaponry. We're fighting a spiritual battle in the energy of our own flesh. And by the way, it should be noted that this is exactly what Satan wants. He wants to take us out of the arena of the spiritual and into the arena of the carnal, because now he's got us on his turf. And if he can get us into the arena of the carnal, it's game over. When we stay in the arena of the spiritual, it's game over for him. You know, when Jesus was tempted by the devil, he did not defeat Satan in his divinity. He defeated Satan in his humanity. How? with the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Scripture. James says, and again, I, man, can't wait to, actually I should be careful. Um, I said that about Hebrews. Can't wait to go through Hebrews. (laughs) Man, I am bus up (laughs) after teaching through Hebrews, and I'm sure you are too. I mean, this book has beat me up in a good way. And just so you know, if Hebrews beat you up, James is going to finish the job. (laughs) I mean, you talk about beating you up. Wow. But James talks about this. I mean, what, what causes fights and wars amongst you? Self. Self. Pride. You haven't died to self. You know, uh, people who have died to themselves are not argumentative. Have you noticed this? <laughs> and by the way, doesn't it take two to argue? I know it takes two to tango. It takes two to argue too, right? You ever tried to argue with somebody and fight with somebody that's already dead to themselves? It's kind of like, come on, fight back. Huh? I'm dead. <laughs> Dead men don't fight. I've already died to myself. And then they kind of take your temperature and they'll say things just to get something to come out of you. And you know what I'm talking about, right? Oh man, they they want to get you in the flesh. Listen, I don't need any help. (laughs) I can do a very good job by myself. Thank you very much. I don't need anyone's help getting into the flesh. The flesh is right there at the ready. Here's the takeaway, and we'll move on to the last one. Any teaching that dismisses or neglects the truth of death to self is strange to the gospel. Pick up your cross. Get it over with, man. (laughs) Die to yourself. I want to die with dignity. Nah, just, it's death. Just die. Just die. That's the old man. And quit trying to bring him back to life again. No, he's dead. Die to yourself. And you'll live. Oh, will you live. 
You've been listening to another edition of In Spirit and Truth. Thanks for tuning in to study the Word of God. As you continue to learn from the book of Hebrews with Pastor J.D., don't discount the things you're hearing. God may be speaking to you individually today through Scripture. We encourage you to keep reading on your own, too, to further understand what you've heard on today's broadcast. If you're not already part of a local church that you call home, we encourage you to find one and attend regularly. This only helps you to grow in your relationship with God and others. If you don't have a church home, come be a part of ours. You'll find all the information you need, including service times and directions, to Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on our website, calvarychapelkaneohe.com. While you're there, you can also access more of Pastor J.D.'s teachings like you heard today, including his weekly prophecy updates. In addition to that, you may be interested in the ABCs of Salvation under the Resources tab. This is a simple guide to understanding the good news of salvation in Jesus. As we continue to learn from the book of Hebrews together, we'd be honored to pray for you during this study. Would you let us know what those prayer requests might be? Just fill out the contact form under the About tab at calvarychapelkaneohe.com or come find us on social media. There are links to our Twitter and Instagram pages on our website calvarychapelkaneohe.com That's all we have time for today but thanks for listening to this edition of In Spirit and Truth. <laughs>